Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Eavesdrop. No filter. Off-kilter. Exclusively on Spotify. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Eavesdrop Podcast. My name is Jelly. My name's Fran. This is Del. This is Jude Rocha. Did you guys notice I started off the show today I without know. hesitation? Nah. That's just because we have a guest. <laughs> yeah, I also guess nothing. <laughs> Okay, um, I just wanted to send it out there that we've wanted to book this guest since uh, 2020, the start of the pandemic, but we wanted to make sure that she stayed safe <laughs> even after the guesting. So we figured, no, we'll just uh, leave it for uh, 2021. Our guest today has more than 25 years of experience in journalism, editing, and magazine publishing. She was formerly a foreign correspondent at Agence France Press in Manila and Singapore. She then moved to New York to get her MA from Columbia University School of International and Public Affairs. And she's worked with Summit Media for nearly 10 years as managing editor of Marie Claire and editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazines. In 2019, she moved to Beijing to join China Global Television Network, where she's a copy editor in the news department. She is also an accomplished age group triathlete, having finished 52 triathlons, including two full Ironman races. Whew. She also loves cats and <laughs> disco. Please welcome to the eavesdrop, Lara Parpan. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello, Monica, Delamar, Francesca, Jude, and Jelly. Thank you for inviting me. It's a privilege to be on your podcast. Wow. Thank you for accepting. You know, when you um, when we got your introduction, I like I said to you, the cherry on top is the the cat and disco. We love that it's part of your bio. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's definitely a part of me. I mean, like my cat is um, I could move the camera around. My cat's sitting right next to me, ninja and eavesdro- <laughs> eavesdropping. 
So, yeah. We're excited to have you on the show because, you know, actually, as as Jelly articulated earlier, that we did want you on the show early, uh, like months ago because you have like this inside scoop of, you know, what's going on and, and, and the pandemic. You were in China already when the pandemic um, hit yeah. the yeah. whole world. You were at ground yeah. zero. I, Right. You were ground zero. I remember um, because I follow you on social media and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lara is there. She's there (laughs) with all this unfolding. Um, Can you tell us? Well, first, actually, why why did you choose to to move to China? Um, Well, okay, I've been very fascinated by China. Uh, This is not the first time I've been here. The first time I was here was when I was a correspondent for Agence France Press. That was 1995. It was the fourth United Nations Conference on Women. And I remember I was with columnist Rina Jimenez David of the Inquirer, and we were covering the NGO conference um, part of the UN meetings. So I had arrived in Beijing and it was just overwhelming. I mean, all I remember is everyone in Mao Zedong suits, you know, the gray, green, thing and bicycles everywhere it was just like really kind of like uh dour and you know (laughs) i i'm I'm not i i just wanted to finish the job and get out of there (laughs) i went to the great wall i at least i went to the great wall but i just wanted to finish the job and get out of there and then i the next time i came back was um in 2007 so there's a couple of years later and i was there for a nike women's event by then i was already Mm -hmm. in summit media and um, Mirza Sison said, hey, hey, why don't you go join the Nike event in Beijing, blah, blah, blah. 2007, that was a year before the 2008 Olympics, Beijing Summer Olympics. And when I came back, wow, there was construction everywhere. It was so different from 1995. The, the landmark buildings were coming up and I was just overwhelmed. Like, whoa, 12 years, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I attended the Nike event, had fun, blah, blah, blah. Never came back until 2019. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. And um, because I had an editorial, cons- I still have an editorial consultancy back in Manila. So I'm very, I was very active on LinkedIn. And then when I saw the, the job ad and they said, oh, we're going to handle taking care of your visa and everything. No problem. Sent, fired off a, an email, random email, said, hey, um, here's my resume. And I got, within 24 hours, I got a response from the head of HR. And I'm a be- big believer in when, when things happen like mm-hmm. easily, like when you have to struggle yes. to get something, whether it's a relationship, a job, mm-hmm. uh, money, that mm-hmm. means it's not meant for you. Right. That's what I believe. Right. But after that, things just, flowed so well. This was early 2019. In two months, I got an offer, started working on the visa process. It Uh took about two months to get the visa from China. And then the POEA from this end was another story. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) long long story short, yeah, I'm a certified OFW. Um, (laughs) I I got here in August 2019. And wow. I was amazed at the transformation from 1995 to 2007 mm-hmm. and 2019. Everything was high tech. 
I was carrying money with me and I go to the convenience store and the lady looks at me like, why are you giving me money? Because everything <laughs> is no good is here. on the smartphone, <laughs> your oh, WeChat, wow. your wallet, your app. They have this app called WeChat. I'm like, what's WeChat? It's a copycat of WhatsApp. Oh, oh my God. WeChat <laughs> is amazing. This is my wallet. If I lose this, I'm dead meat. Because it's linked oh. to my bank card and everything. Oh, so gosh. when I pay, okay. it's contactless. You know, I just scan the QR code or and and pay and I'm off. So right. this is pretty much my life, everyone's oh. life in China. So bottom line is the technology Showing has advanced <laughs> so much. Right. Yes. And um, uh, I, I, I was also amazed at how much more colorful the city was from the gr all the gray and green I remember in 1995. <laughs> the first was visit, like, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, this city is so vibrant. And it was summer, so summer, you know, I'm like, oh, tropical uh -uh. Philippines, yeah. And I'm like, this is my season. <laughs> and, you know, I was going out. I met, mm -hmm. I made friends. There were some Pinoys here uh, and mm -hmm. I made friends with them. I met my colleagues. And, you know, when you come in at the right time, I'm glad yes. I arrived in summer and not winter. That would have been a different story. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it was just a it, a, a, it was a very pleasant arrival and, and very pleasant to find out that things had changed. You know right. what made a good first impression on me? As soon as I landed in Beijing airport, mm -hmm. it, it reminded me of Madrid International Airport. High-tech, wow. architecturally, mm -hmm amazing and mm -hmm. then people are actually really friendly like ah, i didn't have i was wifi. gonna ask right uh -huh. i didn't have wi-fi access to contact the person my colleague who was going to pick me up at the airport to bring me into the city and the porter who was with my bags i brought my bike with me as well so i had all a big bike box three suitcases he he motioned he had an iphone and he said hotspot he opened oh, his hotspot, wow. shared his hotspot with me so I could mm -hmm. contact my colleague. And then, so I contacted my colleague and she was able to meet us. And, you know, that made such, when they say airports are the gateways to countries, I totally yeah. believe it. And then when you have a very helpful porter, right. I was like, right. whoa, Correct. yes, 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 yes. And I, I <laughs> asked my colleague, can I give him a tip? And she goes, she looks at me and she's like, no, no, no tip, no tip. I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, uh -huh. no, you don't tip. You don't tip here. They, they, they have a salary. You don't tip here. I was like, is okay. that considered an insult? No, I, I wouldn't say it's an insult. If you're really pleased with the service, you do. But yeah. apparently, it's not routine here because they do have salaries. I don't even tip my hairdresser here, and I, I had to ask. And it's I, weird. I'm like, <laughs> what? Really? They have a salary? Okay. It's okay, fine. I was just asking. But anyway, uh -huh. that um, it was just a, a pleasant experience. And uh, yeah, August rolls into autumn, and I'm like, woohoo, changing <laughs> leaves and all that. And then winter came in, and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm handling winter pretty well. <laughs> and then by the third week of December, so I, I knew I wasn't going home for Christmas because okay. I had just arrived. It's too early you to go working. on leave. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then by the third week of December, we were, I'm, you know, doing my copy editing and I'm like, what's this pneumonia in Wuhan? And uh, that's how we called it. 
the pneumonia in Wuhan. People oh. were, there was this viral pneumonia going around in Wuhan. Wuhan is a thousand kilometers south of Beijing. Okay. Um, and we're like, okay, yeah, sure. We're reporting about it and all that. Mm-hmm. But by the last week of December, December, December 31, exactly. We knew something was serious when the WHO office in China we were reporting that the WHO office in China was already corresponding with the, with the officials in Wuhan about what was going on. And we were like, hmm, this does, I had this sinking feeling like this does not sound good when the WHO right. is involved. It's like, it's not, not sound good. Plus I remembered SARS from 2000, 2002. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And, uh, we knew right. That. So as a as a news outlet, you were you know privy to everything that was coming uh, yeah. in. Yeah, it 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 was it was being reported, but that's that that's a thing. At the start, we were just treating it as something local. It's just um. over there, a thousand kilometers away in Wuhan, and then but by by December thirty one, we knew it was serious and. Hey guys, I think we better change the top line of the story. It's no longer uh, pneumonia in Wuhan. I think it's going to be something else, you know. And January, that's when things, the, the number of cases started rising. And then three weeks later, they announced the lockdown, January 23rd. I remember I was on duty that, that night when the government just said, Midnight, nobody leaves the city, lockdown. And when we all heard it in the office, when we heard the announcement made um, on the the TV, on the state media, you had the sinking feeling like, oh, damn, S-H, blah, 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 (laughs) hit the fan. Um, And, you know, it's funny because um, you know how when you come back, you, you look back at experiences in your life before and you get that deja vu. Mm-hmm. I was in, I was living in New York, in Manhattan, Upper West Side, when 9-11 happened. And that same bolt of like, that pit in my stomach, it just mm-hmm. hit yeah. me. I was like, oh, wow, this is, mm-hmm. you, you know that your life will never be the same again. You are at the critical mm-hmm. juncture. All of you remember where you mm-hmm. were exactly when 9-11 happened. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You yes, you remember yes. exactly what you were doing. And that's the same thing. And you just know life mm-hmm. as we know it has changed. That's how I felt on January wow. 23rd. And it was we had a correspondent there and then they were feeding images. And it was just so disheartening to see people standing by the train station because the rail system is is a is an, a very efficient form of transport here, and so everyone was at the rail station and they wanted to leave. It was the eve before Chinese New Year. That's right. like Christmas yeah. and yeah. New Year here in the Philippines. You know, like you gotta go home. Mm-hmm. And all these people wanted to go home to their hometowns, but there were soldiers, there were guards, and and in front of the railway station saying, "Nope, nobody leaves," oh. and. They were like, oh, oh dear. Wow. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so, my God. yeah. So that, that's, that, it just came down just like that. Lockdown immediately. And in Beijing, we did mm-hmm. not have a lockdown. But um, the communities quickly organized. 
the community for example the the thing the thing here is what i noticed is like i live in the central business district but it's like parang salcedo village legaspi village na uh -huh. you know you got you got ayala avenue just two blocks away and then you've got right. salcedo village with the condos going on but it's not and so it's kind of like that so the communities instantly like made their mm -hmm. gates and all that and and they managed the system like I had to, they, they required, in my neighborhood, they required all of us to register, like show proof that we live there, our contract and everything, how many people live in your, in, with you in your household, so they could keep track of everybody. And this was, this was instant. This was like, this, yes, this was within were... a week. This was within wow. a week. Um, I, um, I also do remember at first, I was feeling, you know, like, okay, how how how's the, how's China gonna handle it this time? Because I was like thinking of SARS, and mm -hmm. but one week, I remember January thirty, our HR department alerted us to the Beijing municipal government's website. They had set up a website for the foreign residents in English, mm -hmm. Spanish, Arabic, mm -hmm. um, saying, "Here's what you should do. We are setting up." These, if, if you're feeling any symptoms, this is what you should do, blah, blah, blah. And that was within a week from the lockdown. And I was looking nice. at the website, I was like, wow, this is, this is like, parang bigla. there was like uh -huh. a system in place. Right, and right. I knew things were going to be okay by then. I have a, an Instagram post on January 29. <laughs> my friend and I went cycling around Beijing past. Mm -hmm. Tiananmen Square, down to mm -hmm. Sanlitun, and we had we even had lunch in a restaurant. Things were still open, but the city was just dead. I mean, like people were indoors, and we were like wondering, maybe we should stay. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe we're not supposed to be outside. Out. <laughs> like, I even posted by here by Tiananmen Square, January twenty nine. Yeah, like where where is everybody? Of course, everybody was home, but you know, nobody told us. Hey, go go back home or whatever. You know, mm -mm. you finished your bike ride, had lunch, and like, okay, went home. So yeah. But after that, there was this because you could see everybody else was doing their part. You just got mm -hmm. in with the game, like okay. Right. First of all, you the bars home. and the, everything was the, the bars were already shut closed down. by then. Uh -uh. Yeah, uh -uh. but the restaurants <laughs> were still open with minimal capacity. I have a picture, February 6th, of me and my favorite coffee shop. That's, so that's like two weeks after the lockdown. I'm the only one in the coffee shop. And it was open. I mean, right. the, the, the restaurants were open with minimal capacity. They already mm -hmm. had like, um, they already had rules. Their protocols they, in place. Yeah, like yeah. they wouldn't, if there were four people inside, sorry, you just order your coffee and leave. But they would only allow four people inside. What used to be 30, apat na lang. Yung, mm -hmm. ako yung panglima, salabas ka na lang uminom. Ganon. Uh -uh. So, they, yeah. they were social distancing, just like, was, was, was implemented right away. And is this um, something because they had, they went through SARS? Is this already yeah, I, like, I, you, I really, do you think? I, I do think so. I, I, I think that, um, the experience with SARS, especially in, in, in Hong Kong, had a lot to do with it. I have to point out that the, the, the top infectious disease expert in China, his name is Mr. Zhang Nanshan, was the one who helped discover the virus that causes SARS in Hong Kong. So 
when COVID-19, we didn't know it was COVID, we didn't it didn't have a name then. Um, we just called it the coronavirus, the virus, the Wuhan virus, unfortunately. Um, mm. But he knew, he knew already this was like a variant. So I think from his experience in 2002, he was at the forefront already of China's um, wow. battle uh, against uh, COVID-19. So I think, uh, I think that experience that he had helped China set in place. That's why they, they were so quick with the lockdown. And then, uh, you know, the rest of the world was like, wow, lockdown, human rights violation, yeah. choo, choo, right. choo, choo. And then, you know, a month and a half after Italy, the, practically the entire nation went on lockdown, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, because they knew you cut transmission by sealing off a place and, and, and right. testing. And yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Um, a lot of people had to suffer in Wuhan before it was finally placed under control. Um, but do you, uh, one other thing, apart from the website for the mm -hmm. foreigners that made me like confident, okay, they got it under control. January 23 was the lockdown. On seven, eight days later, they built, they started building a temporary hospital in Wuhan. Right. They built a temporary hospital in 10 days. I was mm -hmm. like, and we saw the time lapse because we were writing about it. I mean, I was like helping yes. the reporters copy edit their stories and all that. And I was just amazed at the speed at which this hospital came up mm -hmm. in 10 days to accommodate. Right. I, the, I remember, I remember reading that here and I'm like, is that real? Like, it, did they really do that? Yes. Like, it it um, was, um, yeah. I, I, to me, for me, maybe because, again, it amazes me. Maybe it doesn't amaze the Chinese themselves. They're so used to the, their efficient, you know, the construction boom. It, everything just comes up just like that. But coming from the Philippines where you can sometimes see the glacial <laughs> face of the Skyway. Yes. Which I mean, yes, it's yes. finally open. The one it's along open, Larry. Yes, it's open. Finally. Uh -huh. Thank yeah. you. When you see that, it's just like, wow! It blows my mind. So, right. I think I have that a question that though. Yeah. Um. Okay. So news that reaches our shores about China, and then I'm sure news that is there in China are like really different. Um. There are a lot, you know, a lot of conspiracy theories and a lot of like misinformation. So what are the weirdest things that you heard that, you know, obviously living there and doing the news, yeah. reporting the news there were completely <sighs> untrue? Okay. Like they were saying people were welded into their homes. <laughs> so they, they showed this video of this guy welding some door. Uh -uh. He was welding the back door. Okay, he's not welding the front door. He's welding the back door back. of the apartment block because oh, that's okay. the way you can monitor people. What is wrong with tracking people in a time right. of a pandemic right. when you're trying mm -hmm. to control transmission? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. they weren't locking people in. And this is, again, um, so th what they were instituting was just one entry, one exit point so you can monitor people because mm -hmm. if you can't monitor the flow, you won't know who's coming in, who's coming out, who's got the virus, who doesn't. How? Yeah. I mean, how are you going to track? And I think that, the, okay, uh, test, trace, isolate. 
the three important things is not just having a vaccine. Even before the vaccine, you need to test, trace, and isolate. And that's really key. So that's why they had one entry, one exit uh -uh. point. So that was one of the weird things um, that, that I... I you know, made, may I roll my eyes, okay? How about how about the conspiracy theory or the articles that came out like they were trying to hide it, you know? No, that's already doctor. been debunked. Yeah? Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, we could go into detail about this, and I'm, I, I can share links about this. But, yes, um, the, uh, the, the, there was this whistleblower the um right the, the doctor the, the doctor who who passed away also from covid mm -hmm. and i think he was just trying to do his part by warning people uh mm -hmm. there i don't think that he was being told to like clamp down because from the time that he sent his text and to the time that the authorities the health authorities had informed the who mm -hmm. who and all the other relevant authorities was just like hours Nobody was trying to like say, okay, don't Hush don't get up. let the word get out. But unfortunately, what you're going to see in media, especially if there's a Western, if it's I have to say this, if it's Western media, is mm. only that China tried to cover it up. Right. And right. Mm. I I I would like that the same, all I'm asking probably is like when we look at news coming from China is the same just to apply the same rigor question where these views are coming from where the information is coming from mm -hmm. i may be jumping forward okay but okay. last week in the manila times one of the columnists there carried an article about how sinovac uh, um, how about the chinese vaccines were not effective and that they were killing people and i'm right. like where did he get this information from? Yeah. I looked at the article. It come. It came from the Epoch Times. The Epoch Times is based in the United States, and they're affiliated with the Falun Gong. The Falun Gong are banned here in China because they're a cult. They're very anti-Beijing, and they are very pro-Trump. They're actually yeah. pushing for Trump and um, Ted Cruz to run together in 2024. <laughs> so oh. I'm really wondering like, oh my gosh, did this columnist, and may pangalan pa siya, pero hindi ko na lang babanggitin. I mean, he has a reputation. I'm like, dude, man, did you even bother to go to the About Us section and check right. the background? The sources. Or the mm -hmm. website and the, see the, the ridiculous stories that this outlet is carrying. Mm -hmm. I, I, to me, it's just, you know, I mean, it's just the, the, there must be rigor. Okay. Right. This, when you're, when you're examining news that comes from China, you need to question it because that's why I'm, I am glad I came here because I saw things with different eyes. I'm like, no one is arresting me for using Instagram and WhatsApp. Correct. That's right. I'm like, I am, I, I'm free to speak my mind. Here <laughs> yeah. I am, like, you know, partying my ass off. They, they've got, they have, have fantastic nightlife here. It's such a cosmopolitan city. And I'm like, why did they make it sound like China is so 
you know, so backward. It's that's not. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's how it, that's not. To, to other people who are not living in China, even here, you know, in Manila, then that's why the news that reaches us is completely different. I know. What's going on? But, but it's lot. not. Go ahead. But, Go ahead. But I don't think lot. it's just the Philippines and China. If anything, mm. this virus has exposed a bigger problem, which is news agencies are not giving us news. They have been co-opted by ideologies. And depending on your bias, you are now being led to read more articles that favor your bias. And so well, more, than, more than just our current situation, parang, oh, nga, no? where do you get information? Where, sana information lang, walang, you know, but we hardly know where to go. And it's been exposed because nowadays when well, you read the news, you don't even know if it's true. I'll, I'll, I'll make a pitch for China Global Television Network. It's actually <laughs> carried by SkyCable. Um, it's, it's, it's a television network. It's, it's um, the English. We have English, Arabic, Russian, Spanish. Um, so I work, obviously, with the English department. But I would strongly urge you to, to go on CGTN if you want a different side of the news, um, especially China, news about China. Uh, because there are so many things happening in this country that people are not people outside are not aware of like did you know they so the pandemic happened right and when a pandemic when the pandemic happens everyone's saying okay what happens to our medium term long term plans for the country you know all all your projects mm -hmm. get put on hold in 3 months they put the pandemic under control how do I know that? Well, April 8th, they lifted the, the Wuhan lockdown. Do you know that Metro Manila has been in a lockdown longer than Wuhan? I yes. Mean, yes. Say, yes. In 76 days, the lockdown was over. And three, we, we, had, we had all these, um, uh, China had a lot of these programs. They were able to resume their socioeconomic programs, socioeconomic mm. programs, and one of them was a poverty eradication program. Their goal is to eradicate absolute poverty as against relative poverty, absolute poverty by 2020, and they achieved it. So I'm not saying that there are no poor people, okay, but in terms of absolute <laughs> poverty against relative poverty, right. people's the standard of people's lives especially in the rural areas has risen uh -huh. so we've wow. done a series our reporters have gone out to do stories about how people's lives have changed for the better mm -hmm. by by september i was actually i was the one who was so you know like guarded like oh my god my friends are texting me to go out to a bar it's april <laughs> Is it safe, guys? Are you sure it's safe to go right. out? You know, I did not go out to a club until June because I was so like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. The virus is still there. And they're all like, my, they're all. Lara. This is June it's of 2020, okay. Lara, of June right? June of 2020, yeah. I know. June of 2020, we were like locked down in our houses here in Manila. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, my, my, yeah. my friends were just like, can you just stop it? You know, just it's safe. You can come out now. You can come to a club now. But I did not go out until June. And right. I then by September, I got I said, OK, I'm going out of Beijing. Finally. Yes, I, I gathered the guts. I went to northwest, northwest China, Gansu province. And then I could see that it's 
it's more of like a I wouldn't say rural, but um it's definitely not Beijing. It's not cosm mm. not as cosmopolitan as, as Beijing. It's provincial. It's 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 a region in the northwest. But you can see that the lives of people have really changed for the better. I, wow. It, um how do how do I put it? Like uh the the fact that everyone goes around like I go to, to to the wet market to buy my vegetables. I like to juice. When they they all have smartphones, even uh, you know how yeah. how fantastic is that? That mm. everybody has smartphones and everybody's more or less tech savvy. Um, I it's I think what the, the here okay. For me, the indicator of a, an equitable one of the indicators of an equitable society, bicycles. The fact mm. that everybody, no matter where you're, whether you're a professional, a worker, whatever, but you're all on bikes. They have mm. a shared bike system here where you can like scan the QR code, take a bike, and bike somewhere, leave the bike mm. wherever, lock it, and then go off. The the fact that everybody that bikes are an accepted and uh, alternative form of transport and the subway is so clean and so extensive that 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 to me is a sign of an equitable society not cars not mm -hmm. having your own car and you know being the only person in your car stuck in traffic no that is not and i'm not just basing it on china i've seen it in singapore and i lived there i mm -hmm. saw it in new york when i lived there yeah. i've seen it in paris when i visited so you guys have been yes. abroad. Aren't you impressed with the level of right. infrastructure yeah. in other places and you, mm -hmm. especially public transport, diba? Yes. Parang iniisip yeah. niyo, sana merong, meron ding <laughs> ganyan sa Pilipinas. And yes, we have Every the MRT, time. but the, the, do no, we do we just, really just doesn't cut it. <laughs> yeah, it, it just doesn't, doesn't cut feel it. like we do. There's, there's a know, lot lacking there. Well, yeah. well, I just wanted to ask your thoughts on it seems like Asian countries fared better. And I don't know if what yeah. you think about this, our Western counterparts are very much individualistic. And so their cry was, why are you um, infringing on my freedom? Whereas Asians are more likely to go, what are we going to do? Okay. And everyone's like, okay, let's get this thing going. And while in the United States, where I am, you can't even, you, there's confusion because nobody is telling us what to do, where to go. And when you see Korea, South Korea, you know, China, as you're telling us, and even Singapore, it's just so like, wow, that's how it should be. Do you think that our, our cultural difference, one being highly individualistic and one being collective played a part in following the rules seeing the bigger picture and not just what you're losing in the you know in the middle of a pandemic you definitely have a point i the asian cultures are are acknowledged to be more community oriented and i i believe that does have a part to play. I don't think it's in ideology. It's not about being a socialist state or a democratic yes, or, state or whatever. Right. It's more of the sense of a community responsibility that we're in this together. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, unfortunately, yeah, the West does have its um, problems. It's me, my individual <laughs> freedom. Yes. Oh yes. my God. Their hang ups. Like, 
I can't yeah. breathe with this mask on. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> come on. Um, it's also uh, the inability to see the big picture, right? Because all they can is. see is I can't, yeah, I can't go out. I can't breathe. Why do I have to wear the it's mask? It's me, 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 me. Oh. It, it is. And, and, and I think that that's why um, the countries that have um, succeeded in, in, controlling the virus like for example i like i said january 20 i was biking around a few days after the lockdown and then when i could see that everybody else was like staying indoors and minimizing their mm. movements i said lara stay home <laughs> i didn't right. i could tell my oh. you know you just yeah. get in on the game and nobody told me to stay home you just right. see it you just feel you it just There's do it this, yeah and you know people just just feel it I, I think my my twin sister lives in Singapore and she said that was the same thing that everybody just got in on the game got with the program stay home stay right. within your bubble minimize your movements you know and and, right. and I'd like to think that's going on in the Philippines as well oh. is it um <laughs> But I think I think the differing the, the the difference there is you have a government that is working with you in China. They had solid plans here. Everybody will get with the program, but then after that, it's like, well, what happened? We got with the program, but nothing moved forward. See you guys no, but nothing moved forward on your end. Uh-uh. And- I think that's how it's here. Well, <laughs> the that that I I do believe that. Because one thing, you know what, what what breaks my heart and moves me as well is when I see the stories about the community pantries back home. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because we are such a generous and compassionate yes. people. And But when you think about it, it did not have to happen if we had a government that had a solid plan in place. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've heard you guys talk about this in your past podcasts. Um, you, I, I think when you were talking about getting the jab and all that. And, and <laughs> I, so I'm not going to repeat that. Uh, I, I think maybe we're beating a dead horse. Oh, but yeah. def- definitely government needs to step up to the plate. And, and, I, and I think without trying to sound like a rara um, person for, for, for the way things are run here, when I just, I have a basis of a comparison. Yes, yeah, I, that's correct. What I see in China is what I wish could be in the Philippines. Yeah, the presence of a solid plan, and mind you, it's not intrusive, especially when you think, like you said, Delamar, the bigger picture that you want businesses to get back on track. Mm-hmm. You don't want people to lose any more income because they're just staying home unable to work. You lock down. You observe the lockdown. You stay home and minimize your movement so that life gets back to normal right away. But when we start making like, oh, you know, exceptions here and there, mm-hmm. the there you go. It, it it it's not. It just prolongs the agony. Oh, it, it just yes. prolongs Lara, the agony. So, yeah. Lara, could it be that they're successful like this? Like you said, they were able to lift the lockdown after three months and everything was back to normal mm. pre-pandemic. Is mm. it because they've already gone through this with SARS back in 2002? I, so they've already had things in place. They know what works and what doesn't work. Um, maybe SARS may have contributed to this, but but you have to realize SARS was pretty much 
Loki. Only in Hong Kong and yeah. a few. Yeah. Hey, Jude, you're in Hong Kong, right? Yeah, Jude yeah, is in yeah. Hong Kong. So it was just pretty much localized. This was bigger. Truly, truly pan, right? Truly pan yes. in the pandemic. The world. <laughs> Yeah, this was definitely um, this was definitely bigger. So, yes, 2002 may have played a role. There was there were lessons to be learned. Like I, I mentioned, Zhong Nanshan was involved in discovering the virus in 2002, so he knew what was going on this time. Um, but I, I, I also I, I do think that the plan there was a plan in place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It and it was just fine tuning it, and right. people like okay following the yeah. rules. And right. when I say following the rules, it's not following the rules like mindless sheep. It's like because inside <laughs> you know that this is uh-uh. for our own good. You can see how 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 viral how how think, infectious it is. Yeah. So you take it seriously. Um, it uh, yeah, <laughs> I yes. think that's it. Eh? The 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 people of these governments who have been able to uh, take care of this pandemic, they know and they feel comfortable and confident that their government has something in plan. Um, here, I mean, in in Manila, like I said, you know, there's a few stragglers that don't listen to the rules, but during the pandemic, everybody did. Um, I think now, Lara, we're at this point where it's like we keep following your rules, but you keep like not doing anything for us. <laughs> There's no outcome. There's no result there. There's no result. Um, I, think, I, I need no. I need Go to ahead, point sorry. out that if, for example, when the government said lockdown, they knew people were going people were going to be affected in terms of losing their income. Businesses would lose income. They put in place financial measures. Yeah. That's the other side of it. You just don't right. lock down. What yeah. are you going to do to support yeah. people right. through right. this hard time? And that's what China did. They they had a raft of measures, whether it was like giving out discount coupons to spur consumption or lowering to zero interest rates for credit. I mean, deferring loan payments and saying, okay, you don't have to pay it until two years from now. You know, there were... All these, uh-huh. like, we were just reporting on one after the other. And I'm like, okay, that's what the government should do. You just don't yeah. lock down people. They'll, you tell them, lock down, but don't worry. We're here <laughs> to back you up. We're here to help right. you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think, Laro, It's just that. When you said earlier that you had testing, uh, tracing, and isolating. Test, yeah. trace, isolate. So... A lockdown doesn't do anything except minimize this, the virus spreading around. Spread. But yeah. it can't end there. The game plan can't end there, right? And and we, we've seen that with all of these things. So seeing a result within three months kind of bolsters the confidence of the people in its government. But if you look yes. at uh, the Philippines, and you, it's just mayhem because people don't know, like, I don't know if I should believe you. Nothing's been done. Not yeah. fast enough. Uh-huh. And when you try right, to help, right. people feel like you're going to get attacked if you even try. So it's a very confusing time for Filipinos. And um, I guess you can see the difference. What I, what I most wanted to ask you, but this might not have anything to do with the actual pandemic, but you just said earlier that in 2001, you were 
in New York, you were in ground zero. And then here mm-hmm. you are again, 2019, mm-hmm. ground zero. May balat ka ba sa puwet? Ganun ba? O ito ba yung dream? <laughs> <laughs> ito ba yung dream ng isang reporter? Na yung kumbaga oh, kung, oh. kung nasan ka? Diba? That's, that's where the story where the big news is. is. That's where the action is. <laughs> Have you ever seen? Are, do you guys know the Flintstones? Pebbles yes. and Bam Bam? Yes. It's like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Anyway, right, this is right. my time. And yeah, no, our time. Pebbles and Bam time. Bam have this friend called Schlepprock. And then every time he appears, he goes, woozy, woozy, wow, wow, miserable day, isn't it? And then kumikid lot and all that. I was feeling like <laughs> Schlepprock, you know, like... Am I bringing this? <laughs> you have Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The, the wrath of the gods. <laughs> when I was in Singapore, I, when I was assigned to Singapore, it was the Asian financial crisis. The, the, the Thai bat had just devalued. A few weeks after, the peso devalued. I was yeah. like, Diana died. I'm like... <laughs> Utang na loob. <laughs> now, of course, this I didn't is you- know that. I mean, I, I, that was 97. But 2001, I'm like, but your memoirs it would be amazing. I know. Right? I need to write a book, Lara. My gosh. I know. It's, 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 it's crazy. I'm like, like if I have a front row seat. Yeah. To events in history. Right. It, That's right. It, yeah. It's, but you know what? Going back to the Philippines, I just would really like to, I, I have every conf- confidence that because we are such a resilient people and I don't want to keep, and I hope we don't keep falling back on the resilience of the mm-hmm. Filipino as yeah. an excuse, that we will come out of this. But I just feel after living in China and having seen what can be done when you have good governance Mm -hmm. in the time of a pandemic, we need, we deserve a better government. How to get to that? uh, That's that's a big question. Vote for the right people. (laughs) Right. The 22 
2022 is just over a year right. away. It's yes, yes. Yeah. What? 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 What do we need to do? <laughs> what do we need? What do we need to do? Um, yeah, right. And I just keep sending, you know, good vibrations. I, I there, there is no other way. We need to rise above this. We, uh, yeah, we the, the Filipinos need to rise above this. How do we? Whether it's we just keep persisting with being aware of and, and speaking our mind and doing something about the situation mm -hmm. to the best that we can. That's that's what we should keep doing because I I, I see in my other um, WhatsApp groups this sense of sometimes a sense of helplessness um, yeah. when, when yes. WhatsApp, my WhatsApp groups back home and then yes. the sense of helplessness. And then people are just like talking, start glossing over about what's going on. And, and there are times na gusto kong humirit, and then at times na I back off. I don't even say, wow, what's mm -hmm. happening? Blah, blah, blah. Because I can see it anyway on Twitter. You know, I follow <laughs> the local news outlets back home and, but I hope we rise out of that sense of helplessness uh, because we can do so much. Uh, I, people can can do so much to change things. To change things, we saw this. I saw. I experienced this in 1986. I mean, am I carbon dating myself? Yes. <laughs> 1986. I was there on Edsa what with was, my what family. What was happening then? <laughs> but you know you, you could just see that filipinos have it in them to change they do. history we do, we do. Yeah, and uh, you know we we can do this again and in terms of the pandemic i really i really believe the government has to step up to the plate but until we get that government that steps up to the plate civil society is always the one the private sector civil society thank god we have strong civil society strong private sectors that always right. pick up the slack of government that does not do yes. its job thank yeah. god we have that but it cannot always be like that be and, like that and i really yeah. hope we vote the, whoever is in place next year gets voted in right just thinks of the welfare of of, of people uh, of the filipinos because the the rich poor gap i really think has gotten wider back home yes mm -hmm. but even here the, also the fact, in the u.s yeah so yeah. Uh, um it, it 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 can't it cannot be uh Okay, yeah, I have um, a question. Like, I know you earlier you said that it's not so. So they did all these measures. They locked down, and it's a great. It's a government that's helping the people, and it's not intrusive. It's not. So, is there any trade off or a negative trade off? Well, let me show you something. One key, one important key, and I, I think um, Jude, do you have this also? Because you're in Hong Kong, it's like a health app. Yeah, I do. I have that, several, actually. So. See, okay. There's a health app that everybody has to scan. Okay. I don't know if you can see this, okay? And it's in okay. Chinese and English. Uh, yes. Anyway, what I do is this has a record of where I've been. Okay. Um, and every time I go into any building or the subway, 
Well, these days in Beijing, they aren't asking me to show this anymore because the virus is under control. But before, I would have to click um, here and then scan a QR code. And then the QR code is going to show um, where I've been. Um, Like I have been, that I have not been to an infected area. So, because, and then it's going to flash like a green arrow. Uh-huh. The green, and I think this was very effective. The, the, how is it a neg- negative in the sense that this is big data? Right. It's big data yeah. being collected yes. because, like I yes. said, this is our wallet. So yeah. if I paid for something in Gansu, in Beijing, in Chengdu, wherever I am, there's a record they of it here. Know. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. It's a but surveillance. Again, it's, you call it surveillance, call it tracking. Right. In at the end, how the, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, the, right. Our lives are back to normal. We are, there's freedom of movement. Nobody mm-hmm. is afraid of anyone else carrying the virus. Zero. Mm-hmm. We've had zero cases, infections in Beijing since February. We had an outbreak in winter. Um, then in two weeks, the, some districts were locked Done. down for two weeks. And then it was put under control. It, it to me, there's you call it a trade off. I don't consider mm-hmm. it a trade off because when mm-hmm. I think of the quality of life that I'm enjoying, that all of us here are enjoying freedom of movement, no fear. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. I just uh-uh. found out that the Philippines has three different, yeah, apps. contact tracing apps, yes, it, yeah. and then it's not unified, so like, yeah. and yeah. each LGU. Uh-huh. Has its own. Yeah, those own? are the passes. Yes. Oh, we have our QR codes for every city. There's one for yeah. Pasig. There's one for Makati. Okay. They have the Stay Safe app, which is supposed to be the one that's supposed to be used nationwide. Yeah. That's not really. No, I think because there's no here over here. There's there are data privacy issues. Like, okay. Believe it or not, people think facial recognition is widely used here. Oh my gosh, there is, is it not. There is criticism. There is criticism in my. We don't. I have not been. I. The, there are probably cameras just like in 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 EDSA for the cars. Where you know the mm-hmm. cars going to to identify license plates. But in my communities, in the buildings, I have not. I don't. In my office building, we don't use facial recognition to enter. Okay, because mm-hmm. there's there's they're still debating this, and they're still trying to make sure that. Privacy, data it's privacy gets protected. People take data privacy here very seriously. The, 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 the misconception here is that oh, we're just willing to give away the, 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 you know, the cart and the horse and the fruits in it, you know, <laughs> just, just uh, uh, without asking questions. One of the cases here, one of the cases here is has to do with data facial recognition, a, a zoo. Outside, in one of the provinces in China, was starting to use facial facial recognition for people who bought like a one year pass to the to the zoo, and then this guy protested, brought it to, to court, and said like, why why do you need why do you need to use facial recognition? It's now in the courts, and and that has triggered a whole um, a, a whole discussion Debate. on Weibo. Weibo is like their microblogging platform. It's like Twitter because it's like, they, Twitter, they, yeah. it's like Twitter of China. I, that's how they call it. It's, it's but you, when you see too, over Twitter, have you seen? Do you have, you use Weibo? Have you? Are you on Weibo, Jude? 
because <laughs> I, 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 it's in Chinese, but I actually have a Weibo account because I like to, you can, there's a translation app in it so ah. I can translate it in English and then I can see what people are what's talking going about, on. what's trending. Right. Yeah. So yes. there's very, uh, there's a very good discussion. I mean, there is freedom of speech. You just don't mm. act on it. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> you know, you can say anything you want. I mean, like, nobody's going to, you can say anything you want, just don't, just don't act on it. And dapat nasa lugar. Ganyan naman talaga eh. I mean, like, if you say something, make sure you can back it up. Make sure you've got the okay. solution. Hindi ka lang dadanang, dadanang, dadan. Tapos wala namang, wala namang, wala namang patutunguhan yung sinasabi mo. So, We're talking to Lara Parpan in Beijing. And I was just wondering if you mentioned your sisters in, in Singapore. And I, mm-hmm. I'm sure you would have something to say about uh, where she is, Singapore being the place to be because of the pandemic the best place to be nobody talks about beijing and listening yeah. to how you've uh uh fronted beijing as as a place where you know if there's an outbreak you've been out of lockdown since three months after that's it, the timeline the timeline that we couldn't even imagine because mm. you know every day seems to be a lockdown day <laughs> but nobody's talking about Beijing uh, being a place that has, you know, they talk about Beijing as as something different. They see it as 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 uh, the capital of of China and and uh, it's a seat of power, the seat of power, seat of political uh, Shannon power, Men and everything. That's from an outsider's point of view, but they don't talk about it being the place where it's virtually covid free and you can walk around i don't know if you can walk around with your masks off like what they've been doing in london if you're outdoors yeah. and until recently perth walaring mask done but they had to lock down again i um i need to point out though do, do you remember uh because I, I used to live in salsado village and remember when there were a lot of chinese young chinese i think they still are living in coming to the Philippines because they were working with the online gaming mm-hmm, yeah. industry. Right. And then I would notice that the, a lot of them were always wearing masks. And I thought I was weird. Like, oh my God, why are they wearing masks? I arrived in Beijing and it's the same thing. It's already mm-hmm. been a habit. Even in Japan, yeah. they wear masks. Right. It's yes. already, even before the Japan, pandemic, Korea. it was a habit. So even with the virus under control, people still wear masks. But nobody goes Nazi if you take it off. It's not like in the U.S. Mm. where, yeah, I, my, 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 my friends, some of my friends in the U.S. are telling me about their encounters with people who are going maskless and they have to confront them or, or say like, oh, can you please put your mask on? And I'm like, oh my God, nobody does that here. I mean like, okay, so you see somebody walking without the mask on and we're just like, dead ma, okay. But eventually mm-hmm. you put it back on. It's not a big deal here. But... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because the virus a, a is already big, contained there. But, like Jude, you were mentioning about Singapore. Why why don't people talk about China? Because there's a bias. Right. I I truly believe, I do believe that mainstream media will never acknowledge that a country like China that has a different system of governance other than USA-style democracy can actually succeed in beating a pandemic. And there's a tendency to say, 
It came from China. We were the first to report it. Wuhan was the first to report it, but it did not originate. The, and I'm not just, I'm not spewing out propaganda. This has mm -hmm. already been validated by the WHO investigative team report. The top virus experts, not just from China, from the Netherlands, from the US, have already said the virus did not was not man-made, did could not likely have come from a lab. But right. you will always have people who have a bias. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what it's going to take to change their minds other than I wish you could come here and see for yourself mm -hmm. how life is here. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I live, I feel I'm, I'm living in a, in a parallel universe. It's yeah, hunky dory. Yeah. It's like it sounds well, like it, Lara. It's like I want to go there right now. We see your it post. Is. We're envious. I, I will totally. If any of you come here, this is a personal invitation. When the when the barriers come down and you have the opportunity to travel to Beijing, I will gladly show you around. If I'm still here, I'm still going to be here for another year or two. So, um, so. I will gladly show you around. This city is amazing. And I, I told you, I lived in New York for five years. I thought New York is the center of the world. It's like, New York, la, 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 right? I mean, that's the vibe. Beijing is it. After, especially when I see what's going on, I still keep in touch with this friend of mine, Raymond in Brooklyn. And I'm like, dude, what is going on there? Like, yeah. oh my God, 6,000, 6,000 a day, 6,000 mm. infections a day. We didn't even have that many here in China, like an entire China in a day. Like, mm. after this, they, they've got something going here, but mainstream media will never. And unfortunately, the Philippines is exposed to a lot of that. That's why I'm pushing oh, yeah. China Global Television Network. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the, you know what? Propaganda goes both ways. There's a tendency to label everything from China as propaganda. What makes what what makes you think that Marvel Universe movies, Avengers movies, aren't propaganda? Propaganda, right? Hmm. The, the U.S. military actually is involved in. Uh, they they've admitted this on their website. They actually have a tweet saying that when there's a movie portraying U.S. armed forces, there's actually a military contractor, a military representative there to make sure that mm -hmm. the U.S. military is portrayed, you know, nice. correctly. Like, uh, uh. Propaganda goes both ways. Both ways. Right, it's, right, right. We just have to be open-minded. And then, of course, make your decision. A or B. Okay. Choose. Or it could be a blend of the two. I'm just asking for open-mindedness. I'm not saying you should accept everything that I'm saying. I'm just mm -hmm. saying... What I want to tell people is just to keep an open mind. And there is so much, so much that can be done when people keep an open mind and agree to disagree and cooperate. Yes. Yeah. Lara, I have a question. Yeah. So yeah. I think what's most on our minds, and this has been talked about by the four of us, you know, we wonder about what life would be like after this. But seemingly, you're there. It's life after COVID in China. And um, 
So I guess I want, I'll connect this with what you said way earlier in this interview when you said you were there in New York in 20, uh, 2001 and then you were also in uh, 2008 financial crisis. But it's a, it's a reporter's <laughs> dream, right? But you also said you have that feeling when something big happens, like a global phenomenon happens and you're like, life will never be the same. And you've lived through September 11, financial crisis, here we go again. And I guess you've seen what life is after that big event. And now yeah. here you are, after the pandemic, you seem to be okay. I guess we're looking to you for what is that like, life after pandemic? Because we all... What can we look forward the, to? Uh, <laughs> No, the, is the life is, is going, it is. It is possible. It is possible. The life after the pandemic is a return to normal. The things that you usually do, but better. How? How better? One, better. The, ad, the um, adapt, uh, Adapting to technology. Okay? Right. Mm -hmm. Here's yes. an example. You get mammograms every year, right? I do. Um, last year, so the, the pandemic happened on January 23, and it was time for my, I had my annual checkup. All the hospitals were, nobody's going, you know, they, they, they canceled any elective surgeries and, and visits because they were all on COVID mode only for January 23 for two months. And then by March, mid-March, I could go back to the hospital and get my mammogram. I had to come back the next day to get my results. So that was last year, March last year. I had to go again this year, every year, right? So I'm like, so I, the, I tell the radiologist, tomorrow I get the results. And then she goes, she looks at me, no, machine outside, 30 minutes. Oh my God. After a mammogram, I just had to sit, get a coffee, wait for 30 minutes, scan the QR code that was on the bar of my envelope for the results. Uh -huh. And then it spewed out my results. Results. In 30 wow. minutes. So the adaptation to, for me, the adaptation to technology, things, you, you realize you, you cannot have, you, you try to minimize like the contact. Um, right. So you yes. adapt to technology, you, you okay. adapt to technology right away. Yeah. One thing that helped China also in minimize transmi minimizing transmission was that the WeChat app, because we were using our phones to scan, there was no money, dirty money, like, physical mm -hmm. money mm -hmm. going around and all that and you know you try to that that was one thing that worked in china's favor there was already um um a wide acceptance of technology but like i yeah. see in the philippines where people are saying people are just harvesting my info like my i still have my philippine mobile phone active uh -huh. I do intend to come home. Um, so my <laughs> Philippine mobile phone is still active. And I'm getting these spam messages like, please, uh, I, this is contact tracer, so-and-so, my yes. uni, whatever. And I'm like, uh, what on earth, you know? And then I mm. asked my brothers about it. We were back home in Manila. And they're like, Ay, nako, ignore mo na lang yan. And then they're, so there's this reluctance to sign up for apps because yep. everyone's, everyone's like, how sure am I that this is legit? Yeah. But yeah, here, absolutely. there is a, a re relative level of confidence, confidence. that uh -huh. my, my data, like, okay, so they know that I bought, um, I bought Panda souvenirs in Chengdu. 
which is mm-hmm. like 2,000 kilometers away from Beijing. I was there like three weeks ago. It's not like anyone's going to use it against me or something. Like I, you know, okay, so I bought panda souvenirs in Chengdu. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay, but Lara, <laughs> let me ask you. So this is, but you are living here, like, like let's say you, you said you live in a, in, a, in a neighborhood like Salcedo or like Legaspi. So it's yeah. kind of like uh, privileged upscale. area. How about the one, yeah, it's upscale. But how about oh. like... Oh, the lower let, class. And let, 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 me, let me qualify. Let, let me qualify that. Okay. When I say like Salcedo Village, meaning like the, the residences are interspersed with. I wish I ah, maybe I can show district. you. I, I wonder if I can <laughs> uh, take you on a tour. Hang on. Let me just. Um, Please do. I live. So I live in the CBD. OK. OK. I yes. live in the CBD. But say hi to Ninja. Okay, wait. <laughs> and then okay so there's the uh, there's an apartment building this is the apartment okay. bi- i live in a uh, six floor apartment building and there's the business yeah. district can you see the, the okay. tall building yes, yes. yes. that is right. china's beijing's tallest building okay oh. the 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 Citic tower um it's the fourth tallest building in china and then that's the office i work in this funny thing with the uh. helipad uh, the the circular yes. thing on top and that's another landmark there. So this is what I mean. You've seen you, the CBD is out there, but then you have like a residential mm-hmm. district right. here. Right. 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 So it's not really, I wouldn't say that it's um, posh. I, mm-hmm. I, most of my, my, I'm actually one of two foreigners in the neighborhood. And most of the foreigners tend to live in the, you know, the high rise blocks and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I like. I, I, most of my neighbors also are Chinese and they're the retirees. Um, <laughs> I, what I like about this neighborhood is that, uh, about Beijing, is that there are no ghettos. I have not mm. seen a ghetto in Beijing. Mm. Um, maybe there are, but. I I really haven't seen um, I really haven't seen any. Um, okay. But would like somebody of a lesser class be afraid of being tracked? Like you, you have no problem, and you say, "Okay, I bought this," you know, in a, in a in a province two thousand kilometers uh, away. I don't but no? I don't think so. Mm. Um, okay. Again, uh, I've only been here for a year, a little over a year mm-hmm. and a half. The, the arriving here where tech was already a big part of mm-hmm. people's lives, it seems that citizens here, residents, for even the foreigners have accepted that Mm-mm. this is the way things are run in China. This is the way things operate here. So I, if the question is, do I find it intrusive? I don't. Um, is there I abuse of really power? How about, how about abuse of power? I can't even talk about it because I have not experienced abuse ah, of power. I mean, okay. you know, um, I have to say, I have to say this, this year is the 100th anniversary of the Communist Party of China. They're celebrating their 100th anniversary, their founding in July. And I think also one of the reasons why there was such an efficient response to the pandemic was because of the 90 million members of the Communist Party of China. How do I know this? The community leader in our neighborhood, a wonderful gentleman named Mr. Li Junhe, 
he knew that I was a foreigner. I mean, obviously. <laughs> and when the pandemic happened, he saw me walking in the in our compound, and then he introduced himself. We use Baidu Translate app, and even WeChat is fantastic because it has an English, like I can type in in English, and he can press translate, and it translates into Mandarin. So we're able to communicate. Like I can speak voice. I can like, how are you, Mr. Niha? Mr. Niha is so common. They're like, yeah, hi, Mr. Lee. Do I need to register now? Like I can, and then it translates into Mandarin, my voice, okay? So, and he introduced himself, he made me feel welcome. And then he was explaining that we have to, I have to bring my contract because they're trying to make sure everybody's a resident here. And even for the vaccination process from January last year until now, the members of the party really take their role seriously as mm. guardians of the community. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking wow. like, yeah register or else it's right, not right. it's just this you know when you say when you're when you say you're a member of a of the of the cpc they're they're they seem like really proud to be it it's hard to become a member of the cpc um and they're the frontliners they're like the the grassroots so it's not just the top saying okay guys you need to do this this and this lockdown whatever restrictions it funnels down to the grassroots and then the grassroots implemented parang sa barangay and then i realized right. it's just like the barangay when we have the lgus and the barangay tanods but here they seem to be they seem to be on the same page there's page. no yes. the yes. rules that happen yeah. in beijing you're pretty yes. much going to see it also in another province so there's mm. uniformity and mm -hmm. yeah i it I, that that's again i'm not i my 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 experiences here have been so pleasant and I am willing to bet that if you guys had an opportunity to come here and live here, you will agree with me. Mm -hmm. I came, like I said, I can compare my life to New York, my, my life in New York, my life in Manila to here. And I can, I like this. I really enjoy living in Beijing, especially after how they've handled, how they've handled the pandemic. So, yeah. There is hope, I, but uh, yeah. the government really needs to step up to the plate. That's, let's, get, let's get you to Shanghai next time and see how you feel about <laughs> if you can compare. I would love to go to Shanghai. Oh my God. But Shanghai now, no way. Oh my God. I just saw pictures. And Daming Tao. It's a five-day holiday right now. In, it's oh, not wow. a five-day holiday in Hong Kong. No, 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 no. no. Okay. May Day. Is this May for Labor Day? Yeah, yesterday. yeah. So Labor Day is okay. from May 1 to May 5. So people, uh, I just came from the park. I did my morning run in Chaoyang Park. And there were a lot of people. I mean, it's not super packed. A lot of people. But I saw pictures from Shanghai. Oh my God, ang daming tao. Ah! You know, like, there's, a, there's a lot of movement right now. Because see, here's the thing. Chinese New Year, last year, people weren't able to travel because right. of the pandemic uh -huh. then this year in january we had an outbreak and the government said we recommend that you stay home they didn't say you have to stay home because they knew a lot of people weren't able to see their families last year but if you can postpone your travel please do people stayed home the number of trips dropped by 40 percent they 
they call the movement during Chinese New Year the biggest mm-hmm. mass migration in his in right. the world's history because you yes. have millions more than half a mil no 500 million people across China moving around moving okay mm. but nobody did the number of people traveling dropped 40 percent because they said yes we need to stay minimize movement and not travel because we have an outbreak they stayed home they stayed in so now everyone's feeling like rabbits out of the cage because we're free to travel anywhere around in China right now so everyone's like woohoo so yeah it's uh, crazy it's crazy right now in the train stations and the and the airports lots of people traveling and that's a good sign the economy is roaring again i mean yeah. it's it, things things are doing great and i'm just i'm just happy for you know the the vendors and 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 everybody else who are getting their lives back it's as simple as that you just want people to get their lives back. Is that is that too much to ask? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> that's the question. Well, Lara, um, just having you on the show talk about your life in Beijing, ground zero in this whole pandemic, is certainly giving people, by way of this podcast, uh, a way to view China differently. And in correct, this correct. pandemic world and in this crazy cluster F that we're living through, this is very powerful because you, you, like you said earlier, question what you're reading, question the source, question, uh, and we, we've seen this, a lot of publications, the heritage publications, what we call mainstream media, they're bungling up big time and, and it's being recorded, it's documented. So what you're saying right now is so important. I mean, it sounds yeah. like it's not, but it is because information is so important in a, at a time where we don't know what to do, where to go. So I guess... Who to believe. Who to believe. Yeah. And just you offering us an alternative view yeah. of China certainly does move the needle a little bit, right? Yes. Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity you guys have given me to... To share to share my views and and I just like to reiterate all I'm um, all all we need is definitely open mindedness respect for other yeah. countries systems an yeah. understanding a, a, a really deep desire to understand where people come from that's why first when you mentioned like okay in in the U S it's about individualism and all that like I know where I know. I know where they're coming from because we adopted U.S. style yep. democracy in the right. Philippines. Now right. the question is: Is it working for us? I do not think so. But no. if we learn to see, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. If we learn to see how other people are doing it and not say, "Oh, but that's China. China bad." Yeah. We cannot do yeah. that. If right. we learn to erase that. And see, maybe we can, the Philippines can even develop its own hybrid of, of right. governance, a mixture of different principles. I'm not saying China, I'm not saying US, but its own and not yes. just blindly adopt an ideology and not just because it works. We might be the better off for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Just I think I keep think an I, open mind I, and respect. Right. You're, you're, yeah, you're actually bringing a voice that's consider. Consider something that you always thought was bad. China bad, yeah. US good. And so right. with you telling us all of that your experience 
it's like, wait a minute, right? It's a wait a minute thing. And I think just the pausing and questioning of it will give people a lot of, hopefully, parang a way to see things more clearly. And so I yes. think this yeah. is really precious. And we just want to thank you for your time and being so open with how you feel. I uh, know. Thank you. Yeah, this no. life, yeah. After lo- life after the, the pandemic, and we're seeing you live it. And it kind of gives us hope, you know. Yes. I, 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 I'm I'm glad to hear that. And I'm really hoping the best for all of us, no matter where we are, Hong Kong, the US, right. the Philippines, no matter where we are, I'm, I'm really hoping for the best for all of us. We will come out of this. We will come out of this. There's no other way. Well, the vaccines are there. The vaccines are great. But you want to come out of it thriving. And I hope that's yeah, the level yes. we aspire for. Not just surviving, but thriving. Right. Because we all deserve better lives. Right. Wow. Well said. Thank oh, you. Thank, thank you, Lara. <laughs> okay. I know. I know for sure after we release this episode, we're going to have lots of follow-up questions. So I yeah. hope you can guest again. Well, we I'll be happy to. to. I'll, I'll right. be happy to. And um, thank you. Again, it was my privilege. I do appreciate. I do appreciate it, and uh, I wish you guys all the best. Del friend Jelly, the eavesdrop. With her her cuento, I'm like, oh my gosh! I was one of those who had, you know, had painted a, a really no, bad picture of what yes. China is like and what life is like out there, and then to hear her Same. rave about it, you know, I, I wanted to know what's working in China that we're not implementing here, you know, I'm, I'm like. Vi- just imagining going to the wet market and then you don't bring out bills like phone lang. Oh, that's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, 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 definitely. So I think this is a really big wake up call, um, personally for me because you know I I see myself as like I do read the news and I I do keep an open mind, but I realize now that there's such a bias in my in my head about how China is. All of really? us. Really? Like, we don't even know all, it. Uh, yeah. Right. Like, oh my gosh. She painted a completely different picture than what I had in my mind from reading, like, I thought credible sources. Like right. We're, we're not saying you have to believe her 100%. It's not yeah, even that absolutely. that we're asking. Just entertain yeah. that, you know, what we might be reading in the news is probably 50% true. Or, right. or what we are not being told matters. Yeah. That kind of, yeah. her, her story, that's not been told yeah. uh, in mm-hmm. the news. And so this is a good wake-up call. At the very least, question what we read, question where it comes from, and yeah. maybe read the opposite. Like she said, go on the other side. I do this all the time because if you try to only view or access articles and videos that you like or you agree with that's all it will mm-hmm. give you so try mm-hmm. to yeah. yung algorithm diba? Parang, yeah. uh, I'll, so you get uh-uh. something else yeah so that you get yeah. the opposing side of what you already believe because then it might bring us back to at least a little bit closer to the center Right. It reminds me of a story like when I when I was in the States and they found out that I was in the Philippines or I came from the Philippines. They're like, what? Don't you live in trees? Mm. And I'm like, "Okay, so you think this was like, you know, uh, years ago before the the Internet boom. So you're like, "Okay, fine. You live in your little bubble. But now that we are in this 
age of uh, information that's so accessible, we still think like that of other countries. Like, I really thought, like, China was this crumbling, you know, place that you, you there's no movement, there's restrictions, and that's like, you know, but no, apparently. <laughs> so oh. it's like that. It's This was different. The image I had, the image of China that I had was that everything is controlled. Like Mm -hmm. um, your movement, everyone knows about it. Well, they do. They know your bank. (laughs) Well, yeah, true. Um, Or that they'll just take all of your money, everything that you worked hard for, Mm. and, you know, they'll just snatch it from you. That's the image that I had. But, you know, when she was talking about how you scan the QR code of the places that you've been to, we're already doing that without even knowing it's exactly the same thing. When we check in at the places we eat at, you know, it's exactly the same thing. We don't mind doing that. Nobody's asking us to do it, but we just do on our social media accounts. We geotag the places we go to. It's exactly the same thing. That's what I learned in the uh, the tourism event that I hosted. Um, They brought up, like the reason it's difficult for us to trace is because the LGUs are not agreeing on just one one particular app. Mm-hmm. It's like every single LGU wants their own because they also don't trust the government <laughs> to run this one thing. Right. And what they're saying in there, the speakers were saying the government is not going to run that one app, that national app, it is going to be, it's just the government saying that this is what everyone needs to use now, but it will still be a third party who will run it because they're worried about the government having access to all of this information. They already do, I'm sure. Like, you don't realize. Actually, Everybody has access. If you just that's watch, the problem we have now. They don't want to agree on one, right? But but that also has to do with corruption because if a LGU can outsource that contract to an app developer, I mean, sure, may make kickback, yeah, the Oh, so I mean, we all we know how things go in the Philippines, and possibly this is one reason why. But um, in any case, if you're wondering about surveillance and what it really means, you should watch uh, Capitalism Surveillance, Surveillance Capitalism by Soshana Zuboff. And she talks about how much big tech knows about you without you knowing it. And so even even then, when I was listening to Lara, what I had heard there, I I can factor it in. So I just like that it's a different content. It makes us question what we know about China. Yeah. And yes, there are trade-offs, right? They know what everybody, where everybody is. And that's yeah. kind of dangerous too. But if the citizens are willing to do that because they feel safe, that also has to factor in in how we think about China, right? Um, suffice it to say... Makinig kayo ng mabuti kay Lara. Mag-research kayo. Yes. Oh, kung meron kayong yes. mga kamag-anak sa China, tanungin nyo, di ba? Yun. Right. So there, what a great content. Thank you again to Jelly. <laughs> thanks, Jelly, for booking the guest. Yeah. That was amazing. Thank you, Lara Parpan. It's, Thank it's, it's thanks to her posts. It's yeah. because I saw her post on Instagram and 
I think it was the the trip that she was talking about when she went to the Northwest and everything was back, back to, to normal. normal. And I'm like, <sighs> wow. And she had also mentioned that they were able to contain it three months after the lockdown. And I have to admit, I wanted her to guess because I am just envious. And yeah, I me too. Know, what, is, what is life like oh. after the lockdown, after the pandemic? You know, are you still fearful? I just wanted to hear what her experience is like so that we know what we can look forward to in the future. Right. Hopefully it's sooner than later. Yeah. Right, um, right. Well, it was a it was a glimmer of hope. Of what's of to be. Uy, malaki yun na ngayon. Napaka, parang, hope That's is so hard need. to come by. So correct, thank you for correct. her time. Please extend to her our thanks for at least uh, sharing with us her experience. Thank you so much. Amazing. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this. Uh, it was a long conversation, but well worth it. So thanks for joining us on the show. This has been The Eavesdrop. My name is Fran. You've got me, Jelly. We hope you find some hope today on the podcast. This has been Dell. This is Jude Rocha. The Eavesdrop. No filter. Off kilter. Exclusively on Anchor. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.